And a good Friday morning to you. The nation reacting to the indictment of Donald Trump. An unprecedented moment in history. The fallout far-reaching. It is March 31st. This is today. Breaking overnight, Donald Trump, now the first former president to face criminal charges in history, set to turn himself in and face a judge next week. This morning, Trump's fiery reaction and fellow Republicans closing ranks and rallying around the former president. This is going to destroy America. We're going to fight back at the ballot box. Just ahead, our one-on-one live with Trump's attorney and the political fallout. Severe weather outbreak, tens of millions on alert across the country. A significant risk of more tornadoes in the south. Heavy snow expected in the Midwest. Al is tracking the storms and the impact on the weekend. Firing back, strong reaction from the White House against the arrest of an American journalist in Russia. We condemn the in the strongest, in the strongest terms. The years he potentially faces behind bars as tensions grow between the superpowers. Victory. Was Gwyneth Paltrow at fault? No. A major win for Gwyneth Paltrow, a Utah jury clearing her of wrongdoing in that high profile ski crash. Just ahead, what she whispered to her accuser after the verdict was read. Today, Friday, March 31st, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Today on this Friday morning. Hoda's a bit under the weather. Good to have Craig along with us. And we're talking history now. The indictment of Donald Trump marks the first time a former U.S. president has ever faced criminal charges. Right now, a live look outside the DA's office here in New York City. Also a live look at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. We can tell you there were no major protests at either location overnight. As for what happens next, the former president is expected to surrender and appear in court for an arraignment Tuesday afternoon. Once in custody, he will go through the standard booking process, including fingerprinting and a mugshot. Of course, a lot of folks are asking this morning, what does this mean for Trump's 2024 campaign? He is allowed to run while under indictment, and even if he's convicted of a crime. As for the timing of a possible trial, it would be months away, leading to the possibility of it actually unfolding in the middle of the presidential campaign. We've got every angle of the story covered, including a live interview with Trump's attorney, Joe Tacopina. But let's get started with NBC's Garrett Haake, who is at the New York DA's office for us this morning. Garrett, good morning to you. Savannah, good morning. The grand jury handing up this historic indictment two months to the day after they were first impaneled. And now Donald Trump, former president of the United States, will have to travel here to the courthouse in lower Manhattan and face a judge. Grand jurors in Manhattan setting off a stunning legal earthquake Thursday, voting to indict a former president for the first time in history. The political aftershocks rippling across the country this morning, even while the specific charge or charges against Donald Trump remain secret and under seal. The district attorney's office saying it has, quote, contacted Mr. Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender. 
Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's investigation centers on the $130,000 2016 payment allegedly made to buy the silence of adult film actress Stormy Daniels, who claims she had an affair with Mr. Trump a decade prior. Mr. Trump has denied the affair or any other wrongdoing. On social media Thursday night, blasting the investigation as a, quote, political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history and labeling DA Bragg a disgrace. The former president adding he, quote, cannot get a fair trial in New York. Republican lawmakers rallying to the former president's defense from longtime allies. This is going to destroy America. We're going to fight back at the ballot box. To even potential 2024 campaign rivals. The unprecedented indictment of a former president of the United States on a campaign finance issue is an outrage. Congressional Democrats have largely praised the indictment decision as upholding the rule of law, while the White House has thus far stayed silent. The criminal processing of a Secret Service protectee will be another historic first, as Mr. Trump will have his mugshot taken, fingerprints, and even a DNA swab collected, all while his detail of agents stand guard. The case at the center of the indictment took off when Mr. Trump's former fixer, Michael Cohen, pled guilty to campaign finance violations in connection with those hush money payments, which the Department of Justice called an attempt to influence the 2016 presidential election. Cohen said he was acting at the direction of the former president. But Mr. Trump has pushed back, saying he was the victim of extortion by Stormy Daniels. Federal prosecutors ultimately decided not to pursue charges. But all eyes are now on Bragg as he makes his case against former President Trump. And this morning, we're also learning from two sources familiar with the grand jury's work that prosecutors questioned at least some witnesses about a previous alleged hush money payment, uh, also from 2016. This one involving a former Playboy model named Karen McDougal, although it's not clear whether there are any charges in this indictment related to that matter specifically. Now, as for Tuesday, security here in New York City will be tight. All NYPD officers have been ordered to report in full uniform today and be prepared to be deployed ahead of any possible protest. Savannah. All right, Garrett Hake leading us off. Thank you. Joining us now, Joe Tacopina, one of the attorneys representing Donald Trump. Mr. Tacopina, good morning to you. Good morning, Savannah. What was the president's reaction when told by his lawyers of this indictment? You know, despite all the scuttlebutt and rumors and whatnot, we believed and hoped that rule of law would have prevailed. So he initially was was shocked. After we got over that, um, he, he, you know, he put a notch on his belt and he, uh, you know, he decided we have to fight now. And, and he got into a, you know, a typical Donald Trump posture where he's ready to to be combative on, on something that he believes is an injustice. Um, his knees don't buckle Savannah. So I, I think uh, he's now in the posture that he's he's ready to fight this. Have you been told anything about when this indictment may be unsealed and you and the rest of the public will have a look at what these charges actually are? You know, not definitively, Savannah, we're talking about early next week, um, but that day hasn't been set yet, likely Tuesday, but again, that's still to be determined. Have you been told anything about the nature of the charges in this indictment? No, I mean, specifically, no. Uh, we don't know how many counts. We don't know what the, 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 the actual charges are, um, but we do know it centers around, uh, you know, illegal very common confidentiality agreement that was signed years and years ago um, with uh, Stormy Daniels and between 
her attorneys and, and, and Michael Cohen. Uh, those were the parties to the uh, confidentiality agreement. Um, so it's nothing more than that, which is really what makes this shocking. Uh, this is a historic case, a monumental case, a case that will have wide-reaching um, ramifications. And it, it really, today, in, I, I feel very concerned about the rule of law in this country because it endangers the rule of law for all Americans. Today, it's Donald Trump. Tomorrow, it's a Democrat. Uh, the day after, it's, uh, I don't know, your friend. Uh, the day after that, it's you or me. And that's what concerns me. When a prosecutor can use the law and the system to go after a political opponent, it's something that frightens me. Well, we don't yet know, in fairness, what these charges are and what the substance is behind them. There is a report that there are 30-plus well, charges. What do you make of that number, if it's correct? It, if, if it's correct, um, it means they've taken each transaction, each check, each payment, each entry, and made it a separate charge. Um, I still think it's going to all rise and fall on the issue of um, this settlement agreement, a very legal, very common settlement agreement, um, and, and how it applies to campaign finance laws, Savannah. Remember, that's where we are here. Um, the only other precedent that's even remotely close is the John Edwards case, which was prosecuted by federal authorities because it was a federal election. It was prosecuted because there was a donor involved, as opposed to using personal funds like here. Um, and, and in that case, the Justice Department ultimately dismissed that case when they couldn't get a conviction. Um, um, and that was federal prosecutors who, in this case, turned this down. Um, the FEC, the Federal Election Committee, I've spoke to chairmen there, they turned this down. Um, they said there is no crime. Yet, somehow, a state prosecutor who doesn't even have jurisdiction over the federal elections is prosecuting a case. It, it, it makes it obvious as to why. And it's um, it's very concerning. Well, and again, we don't yet know what the, what the legal theory is. But there is, of course, wide speculation that campaign finance may be what brings it into the, the realm of a felony conviction. This has to do with falsification of business records. And I know we don't have the time or the facts to litigate it here. But one point of clarification, right. I wonder if you can clear it up for me. These these legal services that this all centers around these payments that were made to stormy daniels being called legal services and whether that was true or not here's my question where on the books of the trump organization was that written did it ever go to any third party or was this just strictly internal That's business records Savannah, that's a great, really a great question. It's actually, I think, the first time I've been asked that the last month. <laughs> that's the point. They were internal business records. They were not filed. They, they Look, there was no tax deduction taken here, which initially was the theory of this case when they put it in the grand jury two years ago. No tax deduction taken. And secondly, there was no obligation to file this with the FEC. If there were, that would be a different story. Can you imagine if Donald Trump paid for this settlement agreement with campaign funds, alleging it was part of a you know something to, to enhance the campaign or help the campaign? They would be baying for his scalp so these morning. business records, um, I just so want to make sure we're clear as, a, yeah, clear as day, whether it's campaign finance or anything, these business records were solely internally only for the Trump organization. No, no IRS, no third party, no insurance company, no one else on the outside of the Trump organization ever relied on these records that were called falsely legal services. I wouldn't say falsely, but that's another issue we can debate later, if you'd like, or right now. Um, but but yes, you're, the answer to your initial question is you are correct. No one else relied on them. No one else had to rely on them. This was a personal um, resolution for a personal matter that would have been made irrespective of the campaign. So with those facts together, there is no crime. This is not even a bad act. A couple quick things. Uh, do you expect the president to voluntarily surrender? Will he come for his arraignment? 
we're working out those logistics right now, Savannah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's not going to uh, hole up in, in Mar-a-Lago. So we'll, he'll face this and we'll face it and uh, we'll be successful, I'm sure. Do you expect this to go to trial? Do you see any scenario in which you or the former president would take a plea deal? Zero. Zero. First of all, I'm not taking a plea deal to anything, but, but uh, you know, President Trump will not take a plea deal in this case. It's not going to happen. There's no crime. I don't know if it's going to make the trial because we have substantial legal challenges that we have to, to front before we get to that point. Long road ahead. Joe Tacopina, thank you for your time this morning. Good to see you. Thanks, Savannah. Again, this all comes with Donald Trump running for president, adding a new level of uncertainty to the 2024 race. NBC's senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson picks up that part of the story. Hallie, good morning to you. Hey, Craig, good morning. And we are seeing former President Trump's Republican rivals rallying around him this morning, for the most part, echoing his attacks on this investigation with Mr. Trump himself defiant. A show of support this morning from potential competitors in the GOP presidential race, lining up to back up Donald Trump's claim his indictment is politically motivated. This appears to be just one more example, Wolf, of the kind of two-tiered justice system. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, not officially in the race, but widely seen as Mr. Trump's closest competitor for the Republican nomination, accusing the Manhattan District Attorney of stretching the law to target a political opponent. Mr. Trump himself has said even if indicted, his campaign would continue. I wouldn't even think about leaving. His team already fundraising, selling these new T-shirts overnight featuring the date of the indictment. The former president has used the investigations against him to rally supporters. And people see it's bullshit. And they go and they say, it's unfair. For now, Mr. Trump's getting backup from allies on Capitol Hill, too. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy saying the GOP-controlled House will hold Alvin Bragg and his unprecedented abuse of power to account. Many of the attacks against Bragg describing the DA as a Soros-backed prosecutor, a reference to George Soros, a liberal mega-donor and for years target of conservatives. Soros was among those who donated to a political action committee that supported Bragg's campaign. But a Soros spokesperson tells NBC News George Soros has never met spoken with or otherwise communicated with Alvin Bragg. Bragg has criticized the former president, something Mr. Trump's allies have also seized upon to cast him as a partisan prosecutor. Uh, And I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And he's touted going after the former president legally, according to The New York Times, saying in 2021, it is a fact that I have sued Trump more than 100 times. The Manhattan DA investigation itself has been in the spotlight with top prosecutors resigning last year, including Mark Pomerantz, who, frustrated at the pace of the inquiry when he resigned, wrote the probe had turned into a legal equivalent of a plane crash under Bragg and was due to pilot error, something Bragg pushed back on. When you talk about the political sphere here, Mr. Trump's poll numbers have hardly moved after other news events that could have potentially been damaging, like after the FBI search of his Mar-a-Lago home. And if you look at the most recent polling, including some just out this week, it's shown his support has actually grown compared to last month. Craig? Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson for us. Hallie, thank you. Let's turn now to NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, as well as our senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Ladies, lots to chew over here, but let's for a moment turn to the politics because it's so interesting. Here Donald Trump is. He's indicted. It's history. And from a political perspective, you have to ask whether this help helps him or hurts him right now. At the moment, he has every single Republican elected 
every single potential political rival singing from the same sheet of music and defending him. That's absolutely right, Savannah. There's no doubt in the short term this energizes his base. As one Republican said to me overnight, they like a fight and now they've got one. That's for sure. He's defiant. He's digging in. Here's the question. Will his GOP rivals start to take the gloves off at some point. Will they, for example, take a page from Trump's playbook in 2016 against Hillary Clinton? Remember what he argued? He said she has too much legal baggage to govern. Will they start to use that argument, for example? That could start to have an impact. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's not just this case. It's the classified documents case. There's a special counsel involved. It's his, his alleged involvement in the January 6th insurrection. It's the election interference case as well. Uh, do we suspect at some point that his rivals lump all of this together and, and use him to paint paint the president as someone who is, is too troubled to run. That is the X factor here. Do we see more indictments surrounding those other legal cases that you mentioned, Craig? If we do, that's when you could really start to see cracks around the edges of his base of support. If people who support him say, hey, we love Trump, but we're concerned about his prospects in a general election, that could have an impact. But again, his Republican rivals would really have to take the gloves off for that to happen. Laura, I mean, there's a huge question mark. We were just talking with mm -hmm. Joe Tacopina. The fact is nobody right now, other than the prosecutors, know what the legal theory is yeah. underpinning this case. And that is the that to me is the, the question. Yeah. Because we can't assess the strength of this case until we see the underlying facts and the underlying legal theory. Yeah, and the underlying evidence is going to be key here, too, because what you got from Takapina just now was this idea that it didn't go to a third party, this false representation. If, in fact, this is a false business records case, the DA brings those all the time. But the business records needs to go outside of the company in order for prosecutors to prove that someone has been defrauded. And so if prosecutors have that theory, that will be very different from what we understand those facts to be right now. And that's going to be key when the indictment comes out. Do you think that the indictment indictment will be unsealed before this arraignment on Tuesday? It easily could be. The prosecutors could go in today and ask for it to be unsealed. Sometimes they want to get it unsealed so they can hold a press conference. Sometimes they decide to wait until the actual arraignment. We just have to see. All right. Kristen and Laura, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We've got lots more to get to here on a Friday morning, including a large swath of the country that is at risk for severe weather. Mr. Roker is here uh, with a little bit more on what we can expect in terms of the weather this weekend. Hey, Alan. Yeah, guys, we got a lot going on. As you can see on the radar satellite, we've got frozen mix of precipitation through the Great Lakes, strong storms firing up down through the Mississippi River Valley. This daytime heating is going to make that air unstable. There's a lot of moisture available to this storm system as it moves. East. So for today, we've got a severe thunderstorm or severe storm threat for 51 million people. Cedar Rapids, Chicago, Indianapolis, Nashville, down to Birmingham, Monroe, on into even Dallas or the western edges of this. Intense wind gusts, golf ball size hail. But what we're most concerned about, strong tornadoes. We're talking about the risk for EF2 or stronger tornadoes from Davenport, Des Moines, down to St. Louis, Little Rock, Memphis, Paducah, even Tupelo, Mississippi. Plus, to the north of this system, we've got blizzard conditions possible, strong winds and ice causing power outages, blowing snow, reducing visibility to near zero from Minneapolis on into the central plains, damaging wind gusts as well, which will bring down trees and power lines, a high, a widespread wind alert. And as you can see, this thing is just starting to get ramped up. And that is your latest weather. Guys, Mr. Roker, thank you. Welcome back from Cleveland, by thank the way. You. Just ahead here on a Friday morning, vindication for Gwyneth Paltrow at the Stars High Pro 
high-profile ski collision trial, a jury ruling that crash was not her fault. We're going to have the very latest on that, including what the Oscar winner and her accuser are saying about that decision this morning. And what did she just whisper oh, in yeah. his ear? But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back, 7.30 Friday morning, the last day of March 2023. Looking forward to getting outside and saying hello to our happy spring break plaza out there. And inside, it's warm and cozy, especially now that Tom Yamas has joined us. Oh, we get some of that warmth. Yes, you are. Exactly. Nice to have you along with us. We've got a busy half hour. We'll start with the 7.30 headlines. An American journalist detained in Russia over spying allegations is being hailed by the Wall Street Journal, his employer, as a highly respected and dedicated reporter. Evan Gershkovich was based in the U.K. and would travel to Russia for assignments. Russia's security service, the FSB, claims he had been trying to obtain state secrets. The Wall Street Journal denied those allegations and is seeking his release. If convicted, Gershkovich could face up to 20 years in a Russian prison. He will be held in pretrial detention until at least May 29th. Pope Francis spent his second night in the Rome hospital. He is being treated for bronchitis. The 86-year-old pontiff was admitted on Wednesday after he had experienced some difficulty breathing. A Vatican spokesman says the Pope's antibiotic treatment has resulted in a, quote, marked improvement in his health. He apparently even had pizza for dinner. The Pope is expected to be released tomorrow and also be home in time for Palm Sunday Mass. All right, now to another big story that unfolded late last night. A jury in Utah finding Gwyneth Paltrow was not to blame for that ski crash that led to her being sued by another skier. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer joins us with more on the verdict and the fallout and what Gwyneth Paltrow whispered uh, to her accuser as she left that courtroom. Miguel, good morning to you. Hey, guys, good morning. The jury made up of eight people found that not only was Gwyneth Paltrow not at fault, but the man who sued her was actually the one who caused harm to the actress. This was a civil trial, so there only needed to be a majority to clear her of wrongdoing. But that decision was unanimous. Was Gwyneth Paltrow at fault? No. It took the jury roughly two and a half hours to reach their verdict. Gwyneth Paltrow was not at fault and caused no harm to Terry Sanderson during their 2016 collision on a Park City ski slope. The actress turned defendant, stopping to wish Sanderson well after the verdict. Her exact words, I wish you well. Very kind of her. Paltrow was awarded $1 as the eight-day courtroom saga came to a dramatic end. Very happy. Stephen Owens is Paltrow's attorney. 
Gwyneth has a history of advocating for what she believes in. This situation was no different, and she will continue to stand for what she believes is right. With dueling allegations, the trial boiled down to who the jury believed. The now 76-year-old retired optometrist sued Paltrow for a minimum $300,000, but his attorneys asking the jury for $3 million after he broke four ribs and said he suffered permanent brain damage. Was this worth it? Absolutely not. The jury deciding Sanderson was 100% at fault. I believe she thinks she has the truth. I believe she thinks that. And I said I would not bring any falsehoods. I'm going to tell the truth, and I did. Absolutely. During the trial, Paltrow and Sanderson both said they were the ones hit from behind. A parade of witnesses theorized who was at fault. But it all came down to the actress and eye doctor. It was like somebody was out of control and going to hit a tree and was going to die. And... That's what I had until I was hit. I said, you skied directly into my effing back. And he said, oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. The jury in this civil trial was hardly the only ones fixated on the Utah hearing. The case was live streamed and went viral on social media. Paltrow's attorney said the Oscar winner was targeted because of her fame and wealth. Paltrow mouthing thank you to the jury after her win. And Miguel, to your point there, this case got so much attention online, especially. What does what does it look like for Gwyneth Paltrow moving forward? Well, yeah, that's right, Craig. Gwyneth and her brand were frequently mocked on social media throughout the trial. But her decision to only countersue for a single dollar in legal fees ended up sending a firm message. Overnight, Paltrow reacting to the verdict, saying that she felt that acquiescing to a false claim compromised her integrity and that she was pleased with the outcome. The judge said he would rule on the legal fee issues at a later date. Craig. All right. Our national correspondent, Miguel Amagir, for us. Miguel, thank you. And that legal fees number could be yeah. significant. Be but interesting to see what the judge does. More than the 300000 I would assume. Yeah. Probably far more. All right. Still ahead, a big decision just announced, making it harder for some Americans to get Ozempic, that popular diabetes drug hyped for weight loss. We're going to have everything you need to know. We are back. Let's get another check of the weather, Al. Uh, let's show you what we've got. Uh, active start to April, unfortunately. Severe ingredients in place. Warm Gulf water. The Mexico, Gulf of Mexico water running way above average. So that warmth and that moisture is going to be fueling severe storms as we get into April and an active storm track. Vigorous one bringing them from the West Coast to the Plains. A powerful jet stream, which could cause some problems as far as severe weather outbreaks. And in fact, Tuesday, our first possible outbreak looking for the potential potential for a significant severe weather event, strong tornadoes, large hail and damaging winds. That's following what's going to be happening later today and on into tonight. And that is your latest weather. Mr. Guys? Roker, thank you so much. How do you even up. see him? There's, he's all, it's all brown. I know. <laughs> Are you going to say that? I can't even see him. Yeah, I can't even we, see We just him. have black on black crime right here. <laughs> What's going on? What happened? What's going on here? It's Friday. It's I Friday. leave for one week. Oh. Coming up on Pop Starts, what made this Hollywood handshake so special for Friends alum David Schwimmer? And check it out. We have brought the excitement of Super Mario Brothers to our plaza. <laughs> oh. That's me. We want Chris Pratt to feel right at home. Cannot wait for the star of the new movie to arrive right here. But first, these messages. That's great. Oh. 